0: welcome to this week's episode of soccer neophytes podcast we're going to get some shout outs we're going to talk arsenal united instant classic the transfer deadline closes and we're going to update our prediction tables What's up, guys? Hey, what's going on? Hey, hey. How's everybody?
1: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's... it's not amazing. It's not bad. It's fine.
0: All right. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> I said the weather's cooling off. It's,
1: yeah. the weather it's, is it's wonderful.
0: It's September. Am, it's two days. A little I am sweating. Yeah, I say Is
2: it just teasing us, though?
0: Yeah. I think it's supposed to get hot again next week. So. Oh, well, enjoy it while we can. It was a nice Labor Day, uh, not not blistering, which is great. Well, before we jump into the Neophyte match and the match of the week, Instant Classic, Arsenal United, I found out this week that we actually have two people, at least, maybe more. So if you are also doing this, feel free to uh, message us through Twitter somewhere. But at least two people who are listening with the purpose of deciding on a team. And so I just want to give a little shout out Adam in Buffalo and Brianne here in Phoenix, two people listening, to the podcast, allowing our ridiculously dumb comments to shape the future of their, of their, uh, rooting, uh, future. So, uh, thanks for listening and look forward to
1: hearing what teams you guys select. Um, In any messages you guys send us, please tell us also your least favorite Andy Garcia role. Just figure (laughs) it out. Is it Ocean's Eleven? Is it my hero? Is it any number of things? He's bad in a lot of things. So include that.
0: Well, what was not bad was Arsenal United. That was a remarkable match. I, guys, I just... I rarely, other than Wolves matches, I rarely get to sit down and watch all 90 minutes of a match. Usually there's some sort of distraction happening. uh, But this weekend, we, uh, my wife and daughter were out of town. So it was full on boys weekend. uh, And my son, as is well known as an Arsenal fan. So we were, we, you know, watched, the first half and the plan was to go to church on Sunday morning. And the boy, both boys were like, do we have to go? And I was like, no, (laughs) it was like the easiest sell in the history of, of sales by, by my boys. So we, we watched the whole match and it was, it was quite exciting. Um, and lots to talk about with that match, but, uh, Chris Lundberg, since you were focusing on arsenal, um, give us, give us some of your thoughts on the match.
3: Yeah, it was the first time I've seen Arsenal ever, really. Definitely this year. Didn't really know anything about them. Uh, wasn't on the on the podcast last week, so didn't really get to prep at all. So just kind of came in fully blind, not knowing what to expect. Um, again, kind of picked them because I hadn't really seen them yet, and it's. Honestly, four weeks in a lot of fun rooting against uh, Manu. Um, so it was a, a good reason to to pick this match up so far and to see if maybe some of my manu biases so far were a little bit out of line or if there was something that needed to be um, enforced more fully after watching them uh, another match. Uh, one thing I did love, I loved how Arsenal, move the ball around the pitch everywhere it was fantastic just the way that they connected passes on that goal uh from odegaard like what a beautiful like four passes to set that up that was fantastic um havertz i'm not really a fan of that guy i i realized that i don't enjoy him and you guys were as we were you know texting throughout the match like it sounds like that's a a very um similar um perspective not only me watching that so I don't know there's probably a backstory about that that you guys can tell me about I, I knew a little bit about Declan Rice just from watching England so definitely a lot of English players on that team that I at least had a little bit of uh, you know connection to soccer was so much fun to watch so watching him up top uh, and overall like seeing that game at uh, Arsenal Stadium it was just the whole environment of it was different it felt like maybe than some of the other games that i've watched so love kind of the the fans the whole environment obviously it was a big game against uh man U, but yeah the whole experience from start to finish along with obviously just the way that it ended with high drama and you know offsides not offsides fouls not fouls um there's a lot happening in the whole match and then for it to finish the way that it did it was it it kind of crescendoed beautifully so it was it was a lot of fun
0: yeah chris as as our legitimate united fan on the podcast uh what were <laughs> your what were your takeaways
2: um poorly officiated another what's the point of VAR even the existing game and not surprised in the final at the end of the day. So a, there was a lot in that match. A I'm lot.
0: surprised. I'm, did you watch all 90 minutes? You were a little radio yeah. silent for the first uh, half, so I wasn't sure if you were actually watching it or not. But
2: Yeah, no, I, I watched the whole thing. I was on. I was
0: I found Anthony Taylor to be at least in the first half, and I know there was contra- there's lots of controversy throughout, but um, I found some of his calls definitely not slanted. In the first half, in fact, I thought most of them were going against Arsenal and more more towards United. Um, you know, the the offsides call, it's one of those marginal ones that is like, I'd never know how to really know because when you look at it from the angle we watch, uh, it looks like he's onside. They draw the lines. I don't know how they're, you know, creating those lines. Um, so the lines made it pretty clear that he was um, offsides. But uh, the foul in yeah, the box, the foul in the box went your way. Um, so and, that's have so yeah, that, and that was a good call. Like they it wasn't corrected that properly. Yeah, I guess what what were you most concerned about with the bad officiating?
2: Uh, There was a very clear penalty on Rasmus Hoyland in the box on Gabriel that didn't get called, should have been a penalty kick. Um, suppo- Now, this is, I, I almost want to say this is like conspiracy theory. Supposedly, there's another angle of the Garnacha goal where he's onside and they said they were using the wrong camera to do their review. They should have used the other side of the field's camera. I haven't seen it. I have no idea. But that's what Ten Hag said in in his press conference. Um, I posted the video of the clear penalty on Gabriel against Hoyland just a little bit ago on Twitter. Um, so at the end of the day, they just they didn't get the calls they needed to get. Maybe they didn't deserve them. I don't know. But this is ex- almost exact same game played out last season at yeah. Arsenal except it was Eddie and Kiana scoring the final two goals in the last five minutes to give them the win. So it wasn't anything that I was surprised by, um, especially once the back line got injured. Once they were running Harry McGuire and Johnny Evans out there, as <laughs> the, the center backs, I was like, well, there goes this game. And it well, wasn't going to be long until they just broke through. So the only thing I'm really concerned about with, with United right now, I know Lundberg, you've watched a pretty heavy amount of their games and have not been um, inspired by any means, and it's not surprising. Um, they just don't play well to start the season, and then the injuries have just stacked up. Like they have one starter right now on that back four who's even playing. So hopefully the brand gets back quickly, and uh, Martinez maybe hopefully isn't injured. Um, we'll see. But it was it's a comedy of of injuries in the backfield right now. That that's the only thing I'm actually concerned about. The results I'm I, I'm expecting right now. So, um, but they've got to turn it on soon. It was it was good. I thought Rashford was the best player on the pitch in the game. Um, I thought he was incredible for the most part. He made he missed one pass when he was on a breakaway with Hoyland sprinting down the middle. Um, but I thought Rashford was the best player on the pitch on 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 that day. Um, I just so it's good to see him back at that level playing in the correct position and succeeding how we want him to as a United fan.
3: Is he, I I've watched him the last couple of weeks. He feels like a toolsy, like can do everything player, but it feels like he's not putting things away. Like he makes the first good move or the second move and then like doesn't finish well. Like, is that normal? Like, have I seen that wrong? Or is that is no, that
1: well
2: so so they've been playing him out of position out of out of what they thought was neat. So he's kind of a I, I think he's incredibly talented. I think he's really good. So I'll just throw that out there. You anyone can disagree with me, it's totally fine. Um
3: but I can you can yeah, see that when you watch him, totally.
2: Yeah. No one's gonna
3: disagree with that. With
2: without a without having Hoyland, who was there signing over the summer to play the striker position, um they moved him over into that position because he can do it. He's not great at it, but he he's a true left-wing striker. Like, that's where he succeeds. That's where he scores his most of his goals from. But because he's super talented and great with the ball at his feet, they moved him into the middle to hopefully not have to play some other guys who are, you know, in that role that aren't as good. So he's been playing out of position. This was, you know, the last two weeks are kind of the first time where he's been in his actual natural position and he's looked good. And then the Marcus Rashford that like United fans have come to love. Um, so, you know, if you watch him going forward, I think he's going to be out on the left side, every game going forward, unless there's, they just get decimated. And, you know, Hoyland's 30 minutes I liked. Um, he should have got that, that foul. I was, I just can't believe that wasn't called or even like discussed all that
3: much. But, um, But is that kind of the way that he's plays? Like, like like he came in and I was like, Oh, here's a guy I haven't seen. Like I've heard you guys talk about him and he almost looked like I'm just going to post up and like, use my body and be stronger than everybody. Like, like almost like a post player in basketball. And he He a decent, but I mean, the, the, the arsenal defense did a good job on outside of the one call that you're talking about, but they, they kind of took him out of the game. Like he didn't do a whole lot outside of, you know, maybe earning that foul. So.
2: Yeah, and that's his that's his first game action for United. I'm not gonna pretend like I watched a lot of Atlanta to know like exactly what he is, but he's a he's a Erling Huland. He's half an inch shorter than Erling, um, thicker than Erling, and they kind of have that same game. Even Halon, um Erling was talking. I, I don't remember if it was pre match, post match, or whatever, but he was talking about how much he likes watching Rasmus. Hoyland because their games are so similar and he likes to see how physical he gets and like tries to mirror that too. So it was was fun having Helen Holland. I think Andrew's laughing every time I mispronounce his name. Um, So (laughs) uh, I'm just going to call him Erling because we're going to know who I'm talking about. Uh, You know, it was fun to hear him talking about about Rasmus and how he's watched him for years and really likes him. But like I'm hoping like in the future, like those are the two like, big guys like strikers like i'm i'm hoping rasmus gets close to that level of what erling's capable of because he's incredible um but yeah it's always fun when like a really good player is like hey i really like watching this guy he's really good
3: yeah he was definitely entertaining that last 30 minutes like you had your eyes on him like is he gonna get the ball is he gonna do something which you know i I don't know arsenal played him well like they their their defense played him well and and didn't really let him do much but yeah, it was, it was a fun game to watch. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I feel like this match, we didn't learn really a lot about how good or bad either of these teams actually are. I think what I noticed is watch coming from watching Palace and Wolves, so watching 90 minutes of Palace and Wolves and then going <laughs> immediately into Arsenal United, like you see clear distinction between the quality of those two teams above palace and wolves, which no one's arguing, right? Like clearly they're better, but where Arsenal and United are going to finish and where they stack up towards like the top of the table is I think what I was hoping to see some distinction and really they, because neither team is impressed this season so far, uh, And they, it was a very marginal match. It could have been three, one United, right? Like the right calls, the right things happen and it's three, one United. So I think the, the arsenal three, one scoreline is a bit flattering to them. I mean, it could have ended in a draw, which a draw is probably the fair of probably the, the, the right scoreline. Um, but it could have ended three-one United as well. So I don't lo- know if I learned much about where these teams stack up in the like kind of who you play matters, other than they're they're pretty equal to one another as far as what I think what we can expect at least at this at this part of the season.
2: Yeah, for sure. I and I was, you know, the eighty seventh minute. I'm going. All right. Well, we'll take this point. Sucks that Garnacho's goal got called off, um, and then another bad call on um Declan Rice's there should have been a penalty on Johnny Evans against holding against Johnny Evans I should have disallowed that goal I think we're not getting into a VAR discussion tonight but Nate you I think you posted on Twitter maybe you said it somewhere in our text chat I actually just want to throw this out there because I know we don't have VAR on the list but um I think you nailed this VAR is always on the list VAR is a problem every week so it's always (laughs) on the list uh, but I think this is probably the best thing you've ever said in regards to VAR. So I'll give you credit on that. But you said something along the lines of um, VAR's responsibility is to only check for clear and obvious errors. Their responsibility is not to make the correct call. And I and like you nailed that on the head. And that's the biggest problem with VAR. Like If a review system is going to exist, it needs to be a review system that the outcome is correct. Not, do we think there was a marginal missed call one way or the other? Like it needs to be black and white and it needs to be, we need to get this call correct. And I think uh, you nailed it when you said that, that, and those are my sentiments exactly. I hate the fact that there's subjectivity brought into it. I hate the fact that there's referees talking to each other going, well, I don't want to throw you under the bus on this one. So let's not do it. Like that stuff has got to go. Bar has to be. Let's get the call right.
0: Yeah, yeah, 100%. I think you can see, and it's it's interesting for us. It's probably in the same way if you had some, some, uh, some Brits watching baseball and, like, analyzing over the last five years some of the controversy of what rule changes we should make, you know, and some of the more old-school baseball fans have held on to some kind of archaic uh, rules or archaic kind of unwritten rules – and i feel like in the same way one of these archaic ways of looking at, at football is somehow this referee this on-field referee holds all this gravitas and so if they make a call right or wrong it's it's got to be clear and obvious instead of saying how can we make this game like fair <laughs> right like how can we ensure that the match is called correctly so um
2: it it would be like if the nfl went to this system was like hey let's let's not throw anybody under the bus and there's like you know a receiver catches the ball of one foot in and like a toe out in the end zone they're like well it's not clear and obvious that his toe is out and the on-field ref was right there so we're gonna go ahead and let this play stand
0: Totally. Totally. It doesn't make any sense really. And so until I think that changes, we're going to be having these conversations each week, unfortunately, whether it goes, I don't know our teams, you know, maybe this
2: is a better question for Andrew. Um, but like, I feel like it's been much more prevalent to start this season than any of the seasons we've watched. And I might be wrong. Maybe it's just, kind of a recency bias or what I'm seeing in like United matches, but seems like the league as a whole, every match goes off and there's controversy.
1: Well, okay. Let's talk about this for a second because yes, Nate nails it every single time. One of the things you just have to accept as a neophyte is um, exactly what Nate said that they care about what they're allowed to review. They do it in the NFL too. They do it in the NBA. This is not unique to soccer. Right? They're like, we're not allowed to review this portion of the play. We're only allowed to review this portion. I get that. Um, But Nate's right. They're not trying to get the call right. They're trying to cover their own asses only. That's it. They're trying to have some sort of, I don't know, excuse, background, backup plan, whatever. It drives me nuts. Couple things. I hate the rule that the defender can just slam on the brakes and let Garnacho be a half an inch ahead of him. Um, did they get it right? I don't think so, but according to the rule, it's legal. And I think it sucks because that play that Garnacho made was great. Uh, not just him, obviously who made the pass.
2: Uh, I think that was from Casemiro, wasn't it? Or was I think it so.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Hell of a pass. Hell of a play. Hell of a shot. And it was wiped out by a half an inch because a dude slammed on the brakes and actually backed up in order to let him get offside. Is that strategic? Is it smart according to the rules? 100%. Great move. It was a great, great move. I just hate the rule. Um, and I'm sorry, was the question about the how bad the officiating was in this one? Just
0: if it's worse this year, if yes. VAR is worse this year than last year, if this seems familiar to you from last year.
1: Um, so it's gotten to the point where I can predict a VAR call before it happens. And I was so confident in my ability based on the last year plus that I said, there's no fucking way Garnacho's goal gets reversed. And it's the first time I've been wrong in like four months and it's, well, technically four weeks, but last year too, um, I was blown away by the call. I I didn't see – I've seen a couple other controversial calls online, but I didn't see them live. That's the first one that pissed me off out loud, Um, and it's not just because I have a a thing for Garnacho. Um, I love, Chris, that we both responded at the exact same moment when Garnacho came on the pitch in like the 83rd minute, and you (laughs) dropped a, what, Martin Lawrence eating nachos, and I was like, parsley! Yeah! Because garnacho is Spanish for parsley, get it?
3: Our group
2: text is fire.
1: It's a great joke. <laughs> yeah, we should just I, post that online instead of uh, actually recording podcast. You guys I should did just. Want, we should get just... one day, and you got
0: butt hurt because you thought it was the circle
3: of trust. But well, so. you
1: name dropped me with something private that one time.
3: <laughs> As the neophyte in this whole var conversation of new to all of it being an NFL fan and being a, I mean, football is my number one sport. None of this bothers me at all. So like, I'm used to watching games and going, Oh, like, what's the rule? Is that a catch? Is that not a catch? I have no idea. I have no idea what the refs are going to do. I may disagree with it. I may not, but like being in the gray of going, is that offsides? Is it not offsides? Is that a foul? Is it not a foul? from somebody that's used to watching American football and being kind of stuck in this. I mean, it's the same thing with baseball. You look at, I mean, it's, I was watching the game today and, and I mean, they're calling a pitch six inches outside a strike and you see the box. And yet the, obviously the ump can't see the box, but it is what it is. And you just kind of go, Oh, okay. Like that's, that's the call. It's a bad call. And you deal with it and you move on. and, it usually all equals that at some point, but maybe not in the game, big picture throughout the year. And you just kind of deal with that. And it doesn't bother me as somebody that's coming in, never watching it. I am actually kind of like right at home because it's kind of what I expect because it's what I'm used to in my normal sports watching, you know, I feel like the, reality. I feel like the
0: different, the, the big difference for me and why it's frustrating is the stakes are way higher. When one goal matter like matters so more than a pitch in a game more than a pitch in a game or Or even even a catch in a game right like usually the ones that are like the massive like you usually get one or two like massive controversies in the nfl a year like this wasn't a catch it mattered because it was a game-winning touchdown or whatever like usually there's just not like math where it seems like every week there's there's like so much subjectivity and and you know games are decided by by a goal you know so uh that would be, that would be the only the only difference i'd make between between soccer and and the sports we're used to watching well let's move on friday was deadline day there was a ton of moves there was a lot happening um guys i I have a couple, couple thoughts I wanted to throw out there, but before I, I share anything, I'm curious if there were any moves kind of towards the end of the deadline that uh, excited you that you thought were good moves by a club, um, bad moves. What, where are you guys at?
2: Um, I don't know. I Like I feel like I was following rumors for so long over the summer and into the deadline that I was like, when did things actually happen? Because it was like, everything that was rumored happened. It just like took time. And so now that we're past the deadline, I'm like, okay, wait, what, what, what did happen at the deadline? Cause everything was rumored for so long. So, um, I mean, United made some moves, shipped some guys out, got some guys in, we'll see how that goes. Um, it is interesting the transfer window closed in most countries and most leagues, but it's still open. Yeah. And Hung- I think Hungary, Turkey, and Saudi Arabia. Greece. And, so, and Greece. Because Wolves just
0: sold or loaned a player out today to Greece.
2: So that you could still see some action. It's a little less likely at this point, but um, teams can still ship guys out. They can't bring them in anymore. So, yep. um, But I don't know if you were up to date on the Jaden Sancho situation at all. That's crazy. Um, after, after the match, Ten Hag got asked, what's the deal with Jaden Sancho? How come he didn't play? And basically his response was, uh, based on how he's been conditioning and training, we didn't pick him for the game. And then Jaden responded the next morning and said, I'm not going to let this stand. I'm training as hard as, as everybody else here. I think there's other things going on behind the scenes pulling me back. And then I guess that didn't sit well with United. And there's rumors that he's going to get sold to one of the teams that is actually still open. So you could still see player movement, just nothing coming in.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I thought, um, uh, the Gravenbach Birch or Graven Birch Gravenbach uh, that move to Liverpool. I, I really like that move for them. I don't know much about him other than when I play FIFA, he is like one of the best young players and his trajectory on FIFA. If you're playing like dynasty mode or whatever is remarkable. So when I saw that name <laughs> pop up, I thought, damn, that guy's good. I don't know. Um I-
2: I saw someone post something that said um, that the team that sold him, and I forget who it was, was it Bayern? Was he a Bayern player? I remember actually where he was. Okay, so apologies for not knowing where he came from. But they bought him for like $6 million a few years ago. He has never played a full 90-minute match for them. And then they sold him for almost $50 million. Yeah. <laughs> and so they were like, kudos, good job.
0: Yeah, he was at Bayern, yeah.
2: Yeah, and so he literally has never played 90-minute match. At a high level club,
3: wow, that's amazing. That's crazy. That's stupid. But he played. Like, I don't the remember, Dutch. understand the, the economics of this. Make no sense
0: because he's young, man. In that that like trajectory, you know. Uh, the other interesting story was the Jao Polinia from from Fulham. He, like, I think he even went to Bayern. I think he flew to Germany. Was like ready to go, and then it the deal died. So that was kind of a big deal. Bayern I guess was his dream. I think they had just brought him in last year too. So Fulham he hadn't I think he only played for Fulham for one full season was meant to make this transfer to Bayern and then it fell through. So kind of crazy crazy deadline day drama there. And then the other one I wanted to mention or Andrew did you have any sorry Andrew did you have anything Transfer wise.
1: I actually am blown away by the transfer window this year because this is the first year that I paying attention to it last year. I, you know, it was happening and I didn't really have the context. This season has been nuts. Am I right? It's been wild. Is it always like this?
0: It's usually pretty wild. I think, There was a maybe, you know, Harry Kane leaving, that's a pretty big one. I think the influence of Oh, the
1: second leading EPL scorer of all time leaving the league is a big deal. Yeah, it's kind of a big deal. No kidding. Yeah. Well,
0: and I think uh the 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 Saudi Arabia money obviously threw things into a different state this year. Is it
1: not? Is that new?
0: Yeah, Saudi Arabia, this is the first time. They've ever thrown this type of money around. This is a it's a brand new development.
1: Because I saw this article about how the EPL is saying, look, if Saudi Arabia doesn't, you know, um, or the I'm not sure if it was just Saudi Arabia or the Arab teams in general, if they don't get in line with the transfer windows that the EPL and Bundesliga and all these other leagues have, then they're gonna stop engaging with them. Yeah. Um, I don't see how you can stop engaging with billionaires. You just kind of have to sometimes, right?
0: They'll, if there's money there to be made, they'll they'll definitely do it. Yeah,
2: for sure. And the Saudi thing, i it it happened because of Ronaldo. Like, he was the first legitimate name to sign in the Saudi league. And then they were like, okay, money works. Here we go. Let's throw it around and let's see who else we can bring in. So, it started last season when United kicked Ronaldo to the curb and he ended up signing for $75 million a season in Saudi. And then other players were like, oh. I want that.
1: So even long after he's provided any value on the pitch, he continues to screw things up off the pitch. Got it. This is great. Correct, I hate correct. him. Correct. Um, you guys need to watch. I think you should leave if only for the, uh, the memes um, for just every soccer, there's a crossover EPL. I think you should leave meme page, but my favorite one so far is, um, If you're not familiar with the show, and I know Nate isn't, and I know Chris has only seen a couple in Lundberg, whatever. But to our audience, who is obviously very classy, um, there's this great screenshot I saw about Messi. They were like, you can't just keep giving the ball to Messi and expecting him to score. And the screenshot is uh, um, Tim Robinson saying, look, we've done it. No offense. We've done it 150 times, and it keeps working. He's got, what, 12 goals in his first 11 games? Is that right? I don't know what. I think, it's,
2: I think it's eleven and
1: five assists. Yeah, they haven't lost in since eleven. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah,
0: and they've yeah. only drawn once.
1: And they're still in second to last. I didn't realize that they were that bad to start with. I know well, this the is. They got a, a long the
3: climb uphill. Long yeah. No climb. Problem is
0: the problem is like that, like six or seven or eight of those first matches were in a cup, so they didn't yeah. count towards the league. That's why they're still in second to last place. So. Mm. Well, the other couple transfer things I thought were interesting. Nottingham Forest keeps doing Nottingham Forest things. They signed eight players in the final 48 hours of the transfer window. I I actually was like, okay, Nottingham Forest is gonna allow this club this team to kind of mesh. There's they're playing all right. Like they they survived last season. No, eight players, some on loan, some they some they bought. Um they've got Hudson Adoy over from Chelsea. They got Nuno Tavares over from Arsenal. Um, I just don't know like, oh, they got Origi from AC Milan, a, a former Liverpool player. I just don't even know like how they're gonna field all these players. It's it's insane, uh, what Forrest keeps doing. I think it's a mistake, but uh we'll see. We'll see what happens with them. And then the other interesting one, I think mostly as American fans, the, the transfers and all of that is so different uh, compared to the way players move in America. Chris, are you Lundberg? Are you familiar with how the ins and outs of
3: the transfer window? Or is this like a neophyte moment, like a more No, I mean, I, I'm I'm learning as we kind of go and listening to you guys more. I mean, it it, it feels like it's more like like real estate, like these players are treated like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to buy this player cheap because he's either inexperienced or he's young or he's coming off. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm going to treat him solely as an asset and I'm going to get him playing time and he's going to look good. And then I'm going to, depending on the type of club that I am, like I'm either going to keep them, and try to compete at the highest level, or I'm just going to treat him as an asset and go. I'm going to flip him to the next team that's going to give me a ton of money, and so I can make my books look better. Like it, it feels like that's kind of the the set, which is definitely different from some. I mean, there's there's definitely some difference from 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 U.S. sports in that. But is that? I mean, that's kind of at least from a summary what I'm kind of taking as as what it kind of looks like.
0: Yeah. And then I think the other thing that's important to know is that there's very rarely trades like player swaps is what they call them. So that's, I think, unique. And then the other thing is there are two levels of like money that's being, that's being dealt with in this where clubs are purchasing a player from another club but even still the player still has to agree to personal teams with his new club. So you'll see two different things happen where you'll hear of someone who's agreed to personal teams with a club before the clubs have ever even like made a, a deal. So Which is
2: wild as it's, like American fans,
0: <laughs> it is so wild as American fans. So someone's agent is out there and they want to make a move to Liverpool. So they're out there, they make a deal. They're like, okay, here's the weekly wage, whatever. Okay. Now Liverpool, I need you to contact wolves and make sure this deal happens. And so it's, it's so wild because there's lots of ways that a, that a deal can break down where a player says, I'm not going to that team. I'm still under contract with you. I refuse to go. Or like the point, the story I want to tell a little bit about, or, a player can actually do the reverse. And that's what happened with Wolves is Mateus Nunes said, I'm not going to play for Wolves anymore. I'm not even going to go to training until you sell me to City. I've agreed to personal terms. I want to move to City. City wants me. Figure it out. And so that's not that rare. And that's not even why I want to bring it up. But the reason I want to bring it up is because the way they made the numbers work was through the closest thing to a trade as I've seen in soccer, what ended up happening, the Wolves valued him at over 60 million. Manchester city wanted to pay 53. And then what they ended up doing is they, they ended up including one of their young Academy players who they valued at 15 million. And they included him on a loan with a $5 million option to buy. And then they got another player because sometimes the other thing that you'll see is some of these ownership groups own multiple soccer clubs throughout the world. Right. And so the city group owns uh, NYFC, NYCFC, whatever the New York city club. Um, They also own this other club and they had them sell another player to wolves at a discount. So wolves ended up getting cash plus two players like Kind of like a, like the reverse of an MLB, like here's two players plus uh cash. So kind of interesting. It's crazy.
2: It's the most city thing that city could do.
0: I was actually thinking about it. It seems a little sketchy on both sides because you're selling players at discounts, which also helps wolves from a financial fair play standpoint, right? Like if this, you buy one player at a discount, but then these other two come, at discounts as well. I don't know. I was, it's probably above my pay grade, but I was definitely thinking about what do these discounts mean
3: for financial fair play? Certainly now, seems like question,
2: a, a shady move by city a
3: yeah. question on that with wolves. Like obviously Nunez controls the narrative and says, I'm not playing. So they have to, they have to, they have to engage and do something with him. Uh, are they already kind of going, okay, we're right we're potentially looking at relegate i mean that's obviously in the conversation like like they're they're in the bottom quarter potentially of the league this year like what do they do that 60 million are they putting that back into their roster in order to compete or and every club's going to be different but are they kind of going hey let's just put ourselves in a really good financial spot in case we move down to the championship next year. Like, what are they? What are they thinking with that? I don't. All that I don't cash? know what.
0: I don't know what Fosun's thinking directly, but they did sign two other players, so they did reinvest that money. They didn't just. They did. like, okay. They didn't just like ship them off and say, "Oh, I guess we're screwed." Like they definitely like they end up okay. getting four, four players in the final uh, twenty-four hours of the window.
3: So that uh, ate up a lot of that money, like that a good chunk some of, that. of that. That ate okay. up some of that. Not, not so this all. wasn't just a let's just pat our books and like this is a great sixty million dollar sale.
0: No, because they also paid like forty-five for them. So the profit was also small. It wasn't like Got they it. profited a lot. So they yep. profited eight plus these pla these other players. So there wasn't a ton of margin to work with. It wasn't like that makes sense. Bought, it wasn't like they bought Nunes for 10 and sold them for 53. It Got was it. a really Got fine
3: it. margin. So how long has like Nunes been there? A year. Okay, so this is not like one of your stalwarts that's been there. No,
0: no, I mean got he's it. an excellent player, but he's gonna ride the pine at City. So Right, right. And he did which this is kind of crazy. Like it is crazy. It's
2: another one of those where like I know you can never have enough depth, especially with how injured my team is right now, but it still just feels crazy. Like they just shelled out, you know, almost 60 million plus players to be like, hey, we got a guy who's gonna sit on the bench for a while. Did you, you? Was it on the pod last week where we talked about how supposedly Fosun's other businesses are all struggling? Yeah, or was that post pod? I don't remember,
0: but I did see. Are you going to mention the then
2: he Yeah, they announced he came out with his quarter two earnings, and it's, he's up like almost eleven percent. Like made multiple billions over this quarter when yeah, was supposedly supposed to be
0: ten billion. So <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't buy it. So who knows what. <laughs> Yeah. whatever. I, there's nothing we can do about it now till Correct. January. So, well, let's, let's, uh, the transfer windows close. And we said we would allow ourselves the generous option to move one, pl- one team up and one team down after the transfer window closed on our prediction, our, our prediction table. So, uh, gentlemen, I'm curious who, who did you move up and who did you move down and why?
2: You want me to start? Sure. Okay. Um, I did not put a lot of thought into this. Um, but I'm gonna move down Burnley. I mistakenly Smart. Yeah, I mistakenly had them at six. It was a typo and I just realized it. So You had them um, at sixteen? I'm gonna go ahead and move Burnley down. Yeah, yeah. I left the one off of theirs. So I still think they're gonna be okay. They've you know, they've had a tough early schedule. Um, but I'm gonna go ahead and move them down. And then the team I'm going to move up is uh, Manchester City. I'm going to move them from two to one.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I love you're it. You're one spot. You're going to move. You, there's nobody else that you could move up more than one spot on your list. Like That's what you're choosing to move up. I love it. I love well, it. I want to be right, so I'm going to, get, <laughs> just going to move them into first.
2: Be, I'm going to be right about at least one thing on my table.
1: I love it. All right, I'll I'll take a stab at this one. Okay, because the things I've gotten wrong so far. The most glaring is that West Ham is at seventeen. I was not high on West Ham. I was not expecting West Ham to do anything. I have them at seventeen, so I have to move them up. I'm gonna move them up to Ooh. I'll put them in top eight. Wow. Uh-huh. They might even make Europe. I hate it. I did not expect this. I was wrong. Yeah. Um, in terms of being wrong, I was clear – I don't know if it's clear that I'm wrong on United yet, but they are bad compared to what I expected. Um, Newcastle is also not – they did good to start, but they have not looked good in the last two weeks. Um, I feel good about where I have Liverpool. I think City is probably number one, but I already moved up West Ham. I think the one that I have to move down – No, I didn't make any mistakes on that side. It was just I had United too huh? I guess I have to just drop United then. If I'm moving West Ham up, I have to drop United. I'll put them in uh, six or lower. Oh, wow. Oh, okay.
0: so, yeah. Okay. Dropped United to six. Okay. Lundberg, how about you?
3: You know, so I was flying real blind here as the neophyte from the start. So, you know, my top four were Man City, Newcastle, or Newcastle, Arsenal, Aston Villa. Um, I'm dropping Newcastle from two down to nine. So seven spots dropping them down. And then, uh, like Andrew, I had West Ham way too low. I had West Ham at 18, so I'm bringing them up to 10. So West Ham's coming up eight spots to 10 and, uh, Newcastle is going down seven spots from two to nine.
0: I think Newcastle is still going to be decent, but, uh, they've played a, tough they've had a brutal, they've had a brutal start. They're the, they've anti- had
3: the city. toughest city yeah. has
0: had like one of the easiest schedules. Newcastle has had by far the toughest schedule. I am dropping Chelsea. I had them at four. I'm dropping them to seven because I do still think Newcastle is going to finish out. I think they're going to finish at eight. I think Chelsea's going to pull it together. They'll figure it out. And then I am moving crystal palace. I had them at 18. I had them getting relegated. I'm only moving them up to 16 so that I could drop Everton down. Into, so I kind of thought <laughs> a little differently. I didn't totally think about uh, like the teams I was moving because this also moved Liverpool up to fourth. By dropping Chelsea, it moved Liverpool up to fourth. And by moving Crystal Palace up two, uh, it drops Everton down into relegation zone,
1: I would like to point out once again, and I feel like I'm going to say this every week until both teams are relegated. You were the only person who had neither Everton or Bournemouth on your relegation list. I know, and they're both probably going to get well, that's not true. They can't both, not with two, at least two of our Newton really bad yeah. promoted teams.
0: I actually think Bournemouth's going to do fine, they'll be fine. I like the sign.
2: I also think it's super important to to throw out there like there's no need to overreact after four games. So it's like cool the transfer window's closed. We're still four games into this. There's no need to to go crazy, which is kind of why I didn't put a whole lot of thought into it. Um but like we saw last year, right? This is right when Andrew fell in love with Spurs and got the sweatpants and started going to bars.
3: <laughs> Spurs were.
1: I got and, news for you later in the episode when we have and, our big reveal. It's four weeks in again.
2: We're right back into that. That's why I laugh. I love our text thread because it's just watching him do the exact same thing over again. It's almost like his personal life.
1: He's just. It's almost like, oh, did I mention that I'm going out with this girl that we have dated three separate times and we're going out again for a fourth time? By the way, um, for those of you wondering, yeah, I'm back on that Spurs bullshit. I already abandoned United.
3: Thank Um, you, by the way.
1: You're welcome. Maybe they'll start doing good now. Really? Um, no, I I love Pasta Coglu. I'm sorry that big Good. SEC Southern football America. He looks like a Southern American football coach, Good. which generally I don't hate. I don't like normally, but when it's in in another country, for some reason, it becomes <laughs> endearing.
2: Chelsea is still finishing in ninth, and Spurs are still finishing
1: in ten. Uh, Spurs are gonna finish in. Never mind.
0: Spurs will not finish in the year in uh top four for sure. For um, sure.
1: Put somebody get a sound, somebody clip that for us. Who's Who's our sound editor? Me. Uh, <laughs> so you're probably not gonna do it to yourself.
0: I'll, I will because it's gonna happen. But if I uh, doesn't, I won't. Of course. Um I do think this week uh Liverpool, Spurs, City, Brighton, impressed, Newcastle, and Chelsea continue to be. Uh, an enigma, but Newcastle, I think, as we've, as we've uh, mentioned, they've had a, they've had a brutal schedule. So four matches in, it doesn't matter who you play matters, Chris, right? So it does, Nate. It does. Why don't you give us, we, so for listeners, regular listeners, if you listen to the last two, we did this amalgamated rankings last week of who you play matters and i think that kind of sucks so chris is the og of who you play matters he's been honking that horn for years and so we have handed over the who you play matters rankings over to chris solely which then also allows for for greater greater debate um chris what are we and we're limiting it to top five and bottom five. So in the, the who you play matters, power rankings, what do you got for us?
2: All right. So here's how I have it this week. Um, yes, it's the, who you play matters, power rankings. The number one team in that is city. I will give you, they have not played a hard schedule, but they're freaking Manchester city and they're just wiping the slate clean with everybody right now. So I don't think anyone's going to debate that one now. Now we can get into the debates. So City at one. I've got Liverpool at two, as much as that pains me to say. I put my biases aside for that one. I've got Spurs at three, Arsenal at four, and West Ham at five. That is my top five. Who you play matters, power ranking. And I know we can talk all night about Liverpool and Tottenham, who deserves two. Um, When I look at the schedules and how they've played, Liverpool has been more impressive. The schedule's been harder. They've dug their own holes that they've had to get themselves out of, but they've done it. Um, Tottenham has had a very pretty easy schedule, if we're going to be honest about who they've played so far. So uh, their only good win is against Manchester United, who sucked to start the year, Um, but they still beat them 2-0. So I'll give them credit for that. And there's also no disrespect in being third. So that's where I'm at for this week on my top five.
0: And I know I said I would open this up to debate, but we spent plenty of time debating this whole thing last last week. So I'm actually not going to leave this up to debate. This is, I think, Chris, we're going to give it to you. Um, this is the this is the Who You Play Matters top five. Hopefully we'll see some shakeup next week. Not much changed between uh this week and last week. Any changes in the bottom five?
2: I I don't remember my bottom five last week. Um, I, I, there is a change actually. So I have bottom five at uh, Bournemouth, Wolves, Burnley, Luton and Everton. I, I know Everton just took a point. Um, they didn't necessarily deserve it and was against a very bad Sheffield United team. So I'm not impressed with them getting a point out of that game.
1: You're skipping have- <laughs> the most important part of why it's not that great of a thing. The shot that – what's his name? Dean, What's his name on Nottingham Forest, the goalkeeper, Dean? Wait, not him. Who, Nottingham was, Forest played Chelsea. I'm sorry, he's who played that, Everton? You're talking about Jordan Pickford? Jeff, Jordan Pickford, yeah. Everton Are we skipping up- that? It. No, we're not skipping not- Okay, but that cause... was that,
2: that was a goal for Sheffield United, not for Everton.
1: Oh, I got that backwards, didn't I? You did. Yeah. Which, oh. That was my favorite goal of the week. Which... That was the best goal of the week. That was Save amazing. It. it was like that it. skit.
2: Save it for Can't... the best in the Weg horse. Yep. Okay. Yep. So yeah, I'm I'm just not impressed with Everton. They were lucky to get that point. Um and so I still have them as the worst team in the league And until they show otherwise. Like Luton, I think Luton's probably getting Uh, relegated Um, but they play with heart and they play with passion and that's you know that does go a ways in trying to figure out how good and bad teams are Everton just look like a lifeless team so I think they will be back down in 20th they're all the way up to 18th right now so I think they'll be back down in 20th maybe by mid-November early yeah I'll say mid-November Maybe okay, This
1: off. isn't a debate because I agree with what Chris is saying. I will also like to add that Burnley had a lot of spark and fire to them in the Tottenham game. Um, they were pressing. They were they were a nuisance early. So uh, I would agree that they shouldn't be last either because they're showing more heart than Everton ever has. Um, Everton sucks. I hate Everton.
0: <laughs> we all do. We all do. Well, Chris, thanks for that. So hopefully there's some more shakeups so we can have some more debate later on. But those are those are good rankings. Uh, well, we if
2: Wolves to... beat Liverpool the next time they play, we're going to have a shakeup and I will look Andrew dead in the eye through this camera and I will say, you were right.
0: But the problem is he won't be right because... Uh, Wolves suck? No. Well, may, yeah, that. They, they, that's for sure true. But Spurs will have just... Uh, lost to Sheffield United. And I was so just about it, to say they're playing so Sheffield be, this week. So it'll, it'll be, be a perfect. whole big shakeup in, in the rankings, but yeah. well, let's talk American watch. Because we had some standout Americans this, this week. Very amazing. Tim Ream center back for Fulham scored a goal against Manchester city. There was a brief moment where Andrew looked like a genius calling as a Fulham man city draw. It was at the same time that I thought to myself, is Holland going to have a sophomore slump? Both of those thoughts happened simultaneously and instantly they were proven wrong and city city demolished, but that's not the point. The point is Tim Ream are upstanding. Old in soccer terms, uh, soccer defender scored a goal, and that's amazing. And Matthew Turner with a clean sheet against a very lifeless Chelsea squad, but a great win
3: for Forest. Uh, yeah, God,
2: Chelsea's so bad.
3: They Chelsea. were bad. Chelsea's... I watched the highlights. It was there was no highlights. It was bad. Chelsea's bad.
0: My Nicholas Jackson, uh, he shows life. I like him. I still like seeing him out there. He could still be the Treyori winner, but he's got to do more than what he's doing now to get that.
2: Yeah. He did his best Kai Havertz impression in that game, though.
0: In what way? Oh, like missing like shots? <laughs> when or... he was right in front of the goal, and he
2: could have yeah. just chipped it in. Instead, he chipped it over.
0: Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's some Kai Havertz. That's Kai Havertz special. And the the other American news that is related to transfers, uh, Balogun, our U.S. men's national team striker, he's been transferred from Arsenal to Monaco, which is great because he wasn't going to play for Arsenal and he'll get lots of playing time, which is good for for the U.S. So, And moving to that, let's move to the best and the Weghorst. Chris Lundberg, we introduced this, this segment last week. Uh, this can be anything you want to mention. Great hair, great vibes, great goals, great saves, anything you want to talk about, the best in the Weghorst. You can have a good and a bad. You can have just one or the other. But this is a time just to kind of all the things that haven't gotten talked
3: about that you want to talk about. This is oh, time.
0: I've
3: I've got – I was not prepared for this, and I don't need to be because I know exactly what I want to say. Almost. Number one. Did you see the first goal by Song for Tottenham where he chipped the key? It was, it was fantastic. Like he could have just tried to drill that thing in the back of the net. And he just had such a beautiful touch right over the top of the defender that was coming to, to, to clear it out right over the top of the keeper's hand. Absolutely. My boys and I were watching it tonight as we were pre- preparing for the podcast. My boys were even, even, uh, uh, just watching the highlights were getting fired up, and neither of them liked Tottenham at all. And they were stoked about that goal. So oh. I like, love that. Best of the week. Uh, the worst, again, this is just I mean, this, this this is just under my skin. And again, I watched it for 90 minutes again. I'm sorry, Chris, but man, Casemiro has nothing at all to offer anybody on the pitch for 90 minutes. I can't, I, it's bothersome watching him out there. He looks washed up. He looks old. It's quite disconcerting. If I'm an Arsenal, or if I'm a man, uh, a man, you fan watching him because he just doesn't look like he's doing anything to help out on the pitch based on what I've heard about him from my boys and from, Hey, this guy's been good for a long time. It's, it's, washed up maybe too strong of a language but man I, i'm not impressed so there's my best and worst
0: who's up next
1: oh i'll go my best is we had three hat tricks this weekend fellas we did three hat tricks uh 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 lundberg already mentioned sun sunny had a hat trick um, which moved him now. Let me just do the math zero goals before this, plus three. He's got three goals on the season. Um, good for you, Sonny. Um, I have a love for for our new listeners. Um, I have a love hate relationship with Son because he's supposed to be fantastic, and I fell in, I got to know him last year when he sucked. And so far, I'm 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 really liking the way he's fitting into Postacaglo's system. So I, I really like his performance even when he's not scoring goals. Um also Erling Holland. There you go, Chris. <laughs> uh he had uh, another Like uh, Nate, you were like, is he gonna is he gonna, you know, fall off a bit? Yeah, no. He's fine. He's gonna win the golden boot. He's he's, fine. he's quite good. Uh, And then last but not least, shall we uh, not forget uh, Evan Ferguson uh, for Brighton against Newcastle. By the way, I made a joke about this on Twitter. Um, Things you only hear in um, soccer matches as opposed to other sporting events. This one was true. It was not an exaggeration. They're like, Newcastle has never won at Brighton In their combined 246 years of club history. And I'm like, Jesus. And then I saw the math. They've only played in Brighton seven times in their combined (laughs) 246 years. So, okay, it makes sense when you do the math. Sometimes teams are up. Sometimes I get it. They're not always in the same league. But having said that, it's one of those things that is so stupid. I love it. I love how weird soccer is. It's like, again, I hate to make another Ted Lasso reference when they talk about Richmond going down and they've never won at Everton in 60 years, and everybody's like, that's a lot. Yeah, um, it happens. It's weird. Soccer's nuts. Chris Smith.
2: Chris. Yeah, I am, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm going with best of the weekend for multiple reasons was the Cameron Archer shot that resulted in the own goal uh, against Everton. Um, it was funny because like you got Nate, you had texted like, Chris, did you see any of that match? I was like, actually I saw the whole freaking thing because I can't sleep. So, um, dealing with a tooth issue that I literally couldn't sleep through. So I was on the couch from like one 45 AM till almost 8 AM and finally four 30 hit and I could turn soccer on and watch that. Um, and You're the only Cameron- person
0: on the West Coast who watched that game. There was like yeah. a stat, and it just said one, one human watching that in yeah, exactly. Pacific Standard Time.
2: I mean, talk about a horrible match to have on at 4.30, um, but maybe that's why I was on at 4.30. Yep. Uh, so, so anyway, so Cameron Archer, I mean, he looked good in that game. He had the other goal for, for them, um, but takes his pass, breaks in, fires a beautiful bender, and it hits the post. Jordan Pickford, who is, in my opinion, one of the douchiest guys in the league, dives across, misses, goes off the post. He thinks he's saved, but it bounces and hits him in the back of the head and goes right into his his goal. So he gets credit with the own goal. It was an awesome shot that if it's a half inch the other way, it's a perfect goal for him. But because it hits the post and hits Jordan Pickford's stupid head, and goes right back in, everybody won. Like, everybody had to be happy, except for Everton fans. They probably weren't that happy about it, but it was awesome.
0: The exit velocity off the back of his head was (laughs) remarkable. I kept watching, it. I'm like, is this sped up? Because it is fired off the back of his head.
1: It's an excellent point, dude. It didn't dribble into the goal. It went straight into the goal off of the back of his head. it I think even it like, hit an him effort. and went
2: up into the corner, too. Yeah, <laughs> like,
3: I please. think it sped up. I think it hit his head. I think it was going at a higher velocity after it <laughs> hit his head. I mean, it was crazy. I mean, it, was, it, it didn't look natural.
2: Dude, it was so good. And to see that live and then to, like, the camera stayed on Pickford as he, like, rolls over and realizes the ball's in his net. It was so good. And, it made in his defense the worst toothache ever. The
1: least douchey thing he did was he smiled and laughed about it. A he little did. Bit. Yeah. Yeah. In his, to his credit.
3: To his credit. Yeah. Give him credit. That's good. I appreciate it.
2: So there you go. That was the best and the way horse in one play.
3: In one.
0: Well, I will say you guys actually said the, the, my, the ones I had written down other than, uh, Pickford does in the end like essentially save the point for Everton because in the waning moments of that match, he makes a couple remarkable point blank saves. And so um he did the same thing against Wolves, even though Everton lost. He made just some remarkable saves and he's obviously capable of that. That's why he's been England's starting keeper for for a while. So.
1: I think that's just evidence to mine and Chris's point that the golden uh, glove is the stupidest award because he's actually <laughs> not that bad. He just plays on a lot of shitty teams without any help. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, let's move on to best bet.
1: Oh yeah.
3: Brought to you by
2: best bet is brought to you by FanDuel. All right. So <clears throat> we had a fun weekend this past weekend, guys. Um, and I'm excited for, for this segment. Um, Let's we'll start with the losers. Losers were Tim, who took Luton Town at plus 340. That didn't go so well for him. Um, Andrew, like we had mentioned earlier, he took the Fulham City draw. It was close. It was only off by three goals. So, no, four goals? Was it 5-1 or
1: 5-2? 5-2. 5-1. 5-2. Did it end up being 5-2? I think so. Did the, who scored late? No,
0: well, you're five, two was, five, was, one.
1: Five-two was, five, the, two was, was Spurs. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Spurs.
2: Yeah. So you were close. Only out by four goals, it happens. A couple of breaks here or there. You could have had my
1: that. favorite joke on Twitter, by the way, was like, hey, the Spurs are down 1-0 since Hoiberg joined. So maybe we should just continue not letting him play anymore. And I agree. He should not be in the lineup. Go ahead. <laughs>
2: All right. And so, uh, also losing this past week on a tough one was Nate, the game we were just talking about. He had Sheffield United again, oh, beating Everton. They deserved it. It should have happened. But unfortunately, they drew, and draws are losses when you're picking a winner. So, uh, the good Lundberg, our rookie, our neophyte, he had Crystal Palace at a minus 110. And Crystal Palace did pull off the victory. So uh, he he took home 90 bucks on that minus 110 bet that he had. Um, but the biggest win in soccer neophytes history I pulled off this week. And I'm going to tell you guys, if you want to make money, when Chelsea has any odds that are plus 500, whoever they're playing, it almost doesn't matter. Just give it a ride because Chelsea's not good. So I took Forrest over Chelsea at plus 700. And uh took home 700 bucks this week. So this also marks the most in the positive I've ever been in six seasons of doing soccer neophytes. So uh quick rundown. Nate is at positive $65. Uh Tim is positive $256. I'm a positive $730 Ooh. after four weeks. And then uh Lundberg, you're 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 almost back. I'm up. there. I'm right there. Yep negative 22 bucks. And then Andrew, you're only at negative 70. So as a whole, we're actually not doing nearly as bad as we typically have done. So kudos to everybody. What's going on, Andrew?
1: Dude, we are up almost a thousand bucks after four weeks as a team compared to last season when I think our our total losses were about 7,000 after 38 (laughs) weeks. Yep.
2: Yep. So, needless to say, we might lose our FanDuel sponsorship if we keep handing out winners like this, guys.
1: I think the fact that our profits are going up on FanDuel shows that our podcast is improving a little bit just mm. because, (laughs) you know, we know a little bit more. So good. For
2: sure. For sure. So, let's get to this week. Uh, Unfortunately, Tim is not on, but um, we're giving him Liverpool because he actually didn't tell us who he wanted. So, he's getting Liverpool against Wolves. And again, there's a... There's an international break here, so we actually don't have any matches next week. But the following week, these are the matches for that. So he's got Liverpool minus 250 over Wolves, which have net him $40. And uh, let's go. Andrew, what are you going with this week?
1: I'm going to keep this up for a bit because um, if anything, Manchester City should appreciate it. I'm going to take a draw in City, West Ham. I'm sorry, in West Ham. Um against uh a city. It's going to be a draw, plus 360.
2: All right, and that would net you 360 bucks if you do win that. And that's uh, that my way
1: be- of apologizing to West Ham for being so wrong for the first four weeks, by the way. And now they're going <laughs> to screw me, of they're course. They're absolutely going to lose this game. They're, they're going to lose yeah. seven mils. Anyway, go yeah. ahead.
2: And then we'll, we won't have to talk about West Ham being in the top five anymore after that. So it'll Thank be okay. you. Yeah, yeah,
1: you're welcome. So,
2: all right our neophyte, Mr. Lundberg, are you going to climb up over that negative hole this week?
3: You know, that's really the the, the mindset here, you know? So with with Tottenham with the, at the minus 360 paying out $27 with a, an expected win there, it brings me into the positive by about five bucks. So, uh, yep. you know, like the conservative play this week, you know, as I, you know, bet on Forrest a couple of weeks ago for... Plus 850, it didn't pay off. I just need to to be smart here. So this is how I golf. It's conservative. It's hit hit the hybrid off the tee. No need to go for the big, you know, the big drive. Let's just, let's just play smart. So.
2: (laughs) I like it. All right. Well, hopefully you get back into the positive and then next week you go crazy. So.
3: Yeah, there'll be, there'll be a good line. I'm sure.
2: All right, Nate. What do you got this week?
0: Yeah, I am taking Aston Villa at home versus Crystal Palace. It's minus 115, but um, I do think Villa is far superior side. It's nearly even odds. So a team that I think is really good versus a team that I don't think is good at home, it felt like the best bet.
2: Yeah, pretty good value there. You know, 90 bucks basically if you pull that one off, so – Pretty solid. All right, that that brings it to me. I'm in full-on DJ Khaled mode, where all I do is win right now, guys. So uh, if you want to make some real bets, here is your winner for this week. Burnley over Nottingham Forest at Nottingham Forest. It's a plus 270 right now. And now I know what you're thinking. Burnley has not won yet this year. You are correct if you're talking about the league. But they played an EFL Cup game on Wednesday, where Burnley played Nottingham Forest at Nottingham Forest, and Burnley won 1-0. They're running it back two weeks later, same game, same teams. You're giving me plus 270? I'm fucking taking that to the bank, okay? Get your money out, put it on Burnley to win that game at plus 270. You can thank me uh, in two weeks.
3: Am I feel assume- like I'm listening to Saturday morning radio going to get Donuts and Bosa right now and like turning my, my radio on in the truck and going, oh gosh, it's Saturday morning. There's nothing good to listen to. And it's like college football Saturday and it's the betting line guy. Like that was really impressive. FanDuel, listen up here. That was great. Dude,
1: it's college football Saturday. Either that or you're on like KTAR and you're listening to like two old white guys talking about golf. <laughs> um, I would like to say, Chris that your logic in choosing Burnley, um, I think, Nate, I think you were looking for a division between me and Chris, because you're tired of us being so chummy chummy. Um, If you're looking for a division, you and I think about the world so differently. You're like, oh, Burnley won two weeks ago, so clearly they'll do it again. I'm like, something'll change and people learn from it, and you know something bad'll happen. I'm wait, is that like, I don't understand your mentality. As soon as you said Burnley <laughs> won two weeks ago, I was like, yeah, they're never gonna do it again. Um, I'm
0: actually shocked that you didn't go Bournemouth at plus three sixty at home against Chelsea. I thought you'd ride that Chelsea. Three, that was your logic just a second right. ago. Plus three six right. Bournemouth. Like I want to change mine almost. Like I do too.
2: You can. I said, but remember, I did say plus five hundred. Oh, you, you did ever, say plus five hundred plus 500 uh. against Chelsea. That's the line to take. So, but there were three bets. Okay, three bets that I legitimately was debating between. One was the one I took at Burnley two seventy. Two was Bournemouth at plus 360 because I love betting against Chelsea. I think you can win a lot of money there. The third, and I'll hand this out for free because I know my team. Brighton is going to beat Manchester United at Manchester United in two weeks, and they're a plus 200 right now. For whatever reason, United has always struggled since I've been a fan with Brighton, and it's just uh, the stylistic matchup. It's not good. Put money on Brighton. What's up?
1: Uh, don't put money on Brighton. I stopped supporting United about 35 minutes ago. Uh,
2: so, United
1: <laughs> is going to win in two weeks. So, okay. do not put money on Brighton.
2: If you want to put some fun money, uh, the draw would be a good one because United actually hasn't lost at home in a year now. So, they still defend well at home. I just, that matchup has always been a nightmare since I've been watching. So, um, but, anyways, that is. This week's best bet brought to you by FanDuel. Gamble responsibly, but drink
3: irresponsibly when you're on your app.
0: Lundberg, what match are you going to be watching in two weeks? Who are you going to focus on?
3: Yeah, so for next week, uh, Forest and Burnley. Haven't seen uh, Burnley at all. Actually, haven't watched them at all outside of highlights. Watched a little bit of Forest and some matches earlier in the year, but uh, haven't really focused on them. So excited to, to spend some time focusing on Forest and they're definitely a team. I wouldn't say I'm. I'm strongly considering anyone yet, but I, I'm. I'm curious to know more about this team and 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 yeah. maybe some good reasons why they should be in the hunt for somebody I should support. So.
0: Yeah. Well, their kits are red, so that's gonna be a down. That's we're gonna already. Be a- we're already.
3: We're already. Yeah. We're already. Already in the negative.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, they Great are- logo. Great logo. Great, great logo. They are an a historic team founded in 1865. Uh their their stadium is called City Ground. Their manager is Steve Cooper. He it, interesting, they were in last place in September of 2021 when he took the reins and he brought them Uh, all the way up, they finished in the, in the playoffs of the championship and they end up winning promotion after that season. And so he's done a really good job with them, uh, and earned a lot of credit because last year there was lots of people wondering why they were sticking with them when they were struggling so bad. So he survived all of last season. So he's their manager, um, uh, as far as, as rivals go, or derbies. They don't really have anyone. We've mentioned this a couple times, but uh they do have the we mentioned it in regards to Sheffield United, that there's this weird derby rivalry between the two of them because of a miners strike in the 80s that the Sheffield uh miners striked and the Nottingham miners didn't they they broke the picket line and so it created a lot of uh animosity between the fans their natural rivals are in lower divisions there's also a weird like small rivalry between them and wolves they're they're both in the midlands wolves are in West midlands um nononym forces in the East midlands and there's just a because wolves sold one of their players who I'll mention here in a bit last year um and it was he's a really kind of controversial player for wolves it started among that where wolves fans were making fun of not nottingham fans for how much they paid for him then uh they posted this kind of ridiculous social media thing before they played last year and then wolves won and then wolves posted some stuff back so there's this recent like kind of bickering between the fan bases, but it's not a traditional rivalry. So, um, some players to keep an eye on both Matt Turner and Ethan Horvath, their goalkeepers are both Americans. Uh, Matt Turner is like our number one. And like we mentioned, right. earlier, he had uh clean sheet this week. Uh, Morgan, Gib- Morgan Gibbs white is one of their best players. He's the one that Wolves sold, uh, Two forest. Um, he's kind of center attacking midfielder role. He's really dynamic. Like it'll be hard not to see him um out on the out on the pitch. Uh Iwone is their one of their strikers. He scored three goals so far this season. So he's a really dynamic player. Uh Alonga is a player that they signed from United. Or is he on loan there, Chris? Do you know Anthony Alonga?
2: Yeah, they sold him. They sold permanent,
0: permanent deal. Uh, so another name that you might recognize. Um, and then uh, they have, they have just, they have so many players. They have so many players that, uh, they're just been transfer crazy, as we mentioned earlier. So, um, one of their defenders, uh, Serge Aurier, he, he played, they just got a lot of kind of players who used to play on other premier league teams. So when you look at forest, if you've been following premier league for a while, you look at forest and you're like, Hey, I know that guy. He used to play for wolves. I know that guy. He used to play for United. So, uh, kind of a hodgepodge, uh, group of players, but, uh, that's kind of what to look out for. It's good. As Chris mentioned, there's an international break. So, uh, we can watch our national team play, uh, over the next week, but in two weeks, I think a couple matches that stand out United Brighton, we talked about, I think that we'll see a lot more kind of differentiator on those two clubs where they really stand. Um, and then I think the other match that's really interested, interesting is West Ham and city is West Ham legitimately a top five club. Uh, I think we're going to learn that they're not, but we we will see. I agree. That's all we got this week, gentlemen. Uh, as always, follow us on Twitter at Soccer Uh, If you are listening and you are using this platform to help you choose a club, thank you. Uh, DM us, mention us, Do something. Let us know. We'll give you a shout out in the pod. Um, but that's it, everyone.
1: Don't forget oh. to include your least favorite Andy Garcia performance. <laughs> <No.
0: laughs> Good night. Glazers out, boys.